0: The following audio is from Summit Worship Center, pastored by Eric and Andrea Moore. For more information, please visit www.summitworshipcenter.org. So let's let's go ahead and let's get into the Bible. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 13, uh, verses 4 through 8. Uh, we were here last week, and we're going to continue to sit on this a little bit as we have uh, been on this journey talking about hot pursuit and it comes from Paul is talking to the church in in Corinth and he's laying down a foundation of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ what are things that are important to help us build upon the rock of revelation who is Jesus and he talks about in chapter 13 he talks about love and we're going to hit that but then he says in 14 1 he says pursue love It says, pursue love that we should, it should be a core element of our life to chase after, to be passionate after, to run after this love. Because love is at the, the chief cornerstone of our life as believers in Christ Jesus. Like there's no such thing as a Christian and a stingy person. That's a contradiction. Because love, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, is not based on emotions, but love is really a person. First John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. And so as we're looking, as Paul is talking about this love that we need to pursue, he's not talking about a worldly love. He's talking about agape love. Everyone shout out agape. Agape is the highest form of love. It's actually mentioned in the New Testament 137 times. It is something that is very important in our lives. That is something that we must receive, but it's also something that we must give. Now, when we look at the definition of agape love, this is the definition. The definition of agape love is this. It is an unconditional commitment. An unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. It's an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. And this agape love is something that all of our soul yearns for. It is something that we that we that we're crying out for is this unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. And it's interesting how we're so easily, we can so easily receive it. But we're very hesitant in giving it away. And Paul is telling the church here, in order for your life to be fulfilled, in order for whatever God has trusted you to, for it to really reach its potential in God, it has to be built upon the foundation of this agape love, not worldly love. Because worldly love is based on conditions. But this agape love, which all of our soul is yearning for, is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. So Paul is talking about this here. Uh, let's, let's pray before we get into this. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much, God, for your word. Speak through us. Speak, speak through me, Lord. Give us an understanding and a revelation of this agape love. So that we can see the promise manifested in our life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. So as we've been talking about this hot pursuit, the theme of it is this. Is that our greatest pursuit in life is knowing, receiving, and being a chaser of this agape love. In order for us to give it away, we first have to receive it. We have to receive God's love. We got to understand what it means. We got to receive this agape love so that we can give it away. And so Paul is given these ingredients of what agape love is. So if you're ever wondering, do they really love me? Paul gives us these ingredients of what agape love looks like. In 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, it starts out like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. And is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. This agape love, it bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. And this is the promise. This agape love, this kind of love, never fails. This, this, this unconditional commitment to an imperfect love, when that is in operation in my marriage, divorce is not an option. When, 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 when it's in operation in my family, it breeds about to where my children will be secure in their identity because agape love. Whatever God has entrusted to me, if it is saturated with agape love, the promise is it will never fail. Never. So what does never mean? Never. You can hang that on a rusty nail. It will never fail. And this is all that our soul is yearning for. We're yearning that our marriage won't fail. That our children won't fail. That what what we do on our job that we will make an impact and it won't fail. God says here is the key. The key is walking in agape love. But in order for you to walk in it, you first have to receive it. So as we look at this, I want to want I want you to write this down and I want you to think about this as we as we talk through this. That no godly work. Can be accomplished without love. This agape love, no godly work. Do you know your. Your every relationship is a godly work. Means my marriage is a godly work. That means me raising my children is a godly work. That means me serving this community of people is a godly work. That means my relationship, be it with Brian, be Derek, or be be with Leonard, it's all a godly work. None of the godly work that God has put me in can reach its full potential without love. So on your job, I'm gonna want a promotion. Cool. How's your love? So as we look at this, this love never fails. Everyone shout out, love never fails. No, nah, y'all said it to me. I need you to shout it out. Shout it out. Say love never, fails. love never fails. Now here's some things that, some ingredients to why this love will never fail. Because love does not act unbecomingly. This kind of agape love does not seek its own and it's not provoked. And this agape love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Part number one this love never fails because it does not act unbecomingly. Now, it's an interesting thing that happens when you say yes to Jesus. When you say yes to Jesus, the Bible says that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things pass away and behold, all things become new. In that moment, when you say yes to God, there is immediately a heart transplant. Your heart is changed from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Your old nature has been crucified with Christ and God has given you a new nature in Christ Jesus. But as Galatians tells us, there is a war that goes on on an everyday basis between the old, your flesh, and the spirit, your new nature. And whichever one you feed is the one that's going to lead. And so in this, Paul is talking to the church and says, listen, If you are walking in this agape love, this agape love does not act unbecomingly. Because the reality is that in Christ Jesus, you've been given a new name. you've You've been given a new name. He has stamped his name on you. You're no longer identified by what you used to do. But you're now identified by who he is. And it's important that if we understand, because our behavior flows from our identity. And God is telling us here today, in order for us to walk in this agape love, we must understand that agape love does not act unbecomingly. Let me give you an example. Uh, um, I remember my junior year, and I don't know if they still do this in high school, but my junior year in high school, we went on a class trip. And we went on a class trip to um, the Mecca, uh, the Mecca for, for African Americans, Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) We went, we went to, we went to Atlanta, Georgia, and we were very excited to go to Atlanta, Georgia because we could be away from our bondage. I mean, parents, I mean, that's what What we thought was bondage because there was boundaries. We wanted freedom. And how many of you know freedom without boundaries is chaos? That's why you look on a college campus and a lot of people don't make it past that first semester because they want the freedom. But they don't understand you got to have boundaries with the freedom because if you don't have boundaries, you're going to be at every party. You're going to be kicking up and kicking and all that kind of you're going to look up at the end of the first semester and you're not going to make it to the second one. So we wanted this freedom. So we go to Atlanta and, and 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 we're in a hotel and someone comes up with the idea. Let's have a water fight. And so in that moment when I, I, I uh, this this is brought to my attention, there's something inside of me. That tells me. Don't do it. There's something inside me that tells me that's not who you are. But how many of you know in times of temptation, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know that you're already accepted, you'll do whatever you can to try to gain acceptance. So in that, because I didn't know who I am and all that kind of stuff, I went along with it. Y'all, can I tell y'all what happened? We had a water fight on the floor, and not only did we have a water fight, but we flooded the whole entire floor. Whole floor. We flooded the floor. It was so bad, they kicked us out of the hotel. We were supposed to come back on a Sunday. It was a Wednesday, so we headed back a couple of days early. Our chaperone at the time called our parents to let them know what happened. So I still see us pulling up to David W. Carter High School and there are steps. And you know, normally most of the time when your parents pick you up, they normally stay in the car. But for whatever reason, this day, it's like they all got on the phone and said, oh, no, nah, we're going to wait for these jokers. They're going to see us whenever. They're all standing. The fear. The fear. The worry. Because in my house there are no such things as timeouts. (laughs) So we get there, we get out, we get out of the bus, and we're having to face our parents and we're having to tell them what we did. Get in the car. And we're riding. Parents asked me this question. They said, What's your name? What is your last name? I said, Moore. They said, Moors don't act that way. Moors do not act out of character. Why am I saying that? Because sometimes we the reason why we act unbecomingly is because we don't know our last name. And what God is telling us here today, if you're operating in agape love, you do not act. This is what unbecomingly means out of character. You you don't act out of character. Actually, it, it also means to act shamefully or to be rude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in other words, agape love does not act rude. God is telling us here today, you can't be rude. You know, when that person cuts you off and that look that you give them. What's your last name? What, what, what's, your, what's, what's, what's your last name if your last name is Jesus when that person didn't put that signal on and they just cut you off you, you, you make sure you speed up because you know when they know they wrong they speed up because they don't want to look at you so you, what you do is you speed up so you can come upside and then you give them this am I the only person that's done that come on y'all better be honest up in here Agape love does not act rude. So when you're talking to that, to that, to that, to that adult and an adult says something that maybe they might not be your mom and dad. And so instead of you saying yes ma'am or no sir, you give them a look like you ain't my mama. What's your last name? What, what, what's, what's, What's your what's your last name? You know, when that person messed up and all that and you rejoiced in their failure. Love does not act unbecomingly, but love is kindness. It's 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 polite. It honors. So I remember growing up, my mom. I mean, I remember Sister Nobles, Sister Ashberry, I mean Brother Terry, all these different people. Like if they said anything to me, I dare not say you ain't my mama. They had the the, the grace to speak into my life, and I was raised from a young age to always respect. My elders. And so I know, amen, we say, as those who are older, we say amen to that. But guess what? Our children only following the example that they see from us. Paul is saying this. If if you want agape love, you want this kind of love in your relationship that will never fail? This love doesn't act out of character. But this love is consistent with the character of God. Ezekiel 36, 26, God says this, I will put a new heart within you, and I will put a new spirit within you, within you. So when you operate in life right now, do you operate in character or do you operate out of character? See, there's this uh, verse that I want you to look at. First Peter 1 verses 13 through 16. Look at this. It says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, all this love, this love is a person. This love is the revelation of who Jesus is, who is the author and finisher of our faith. He says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in your ignorance. Lust is not just this physical thing. Lust is this thing that that where you got to have what you got to have. Right. He says, do not do not do not be conformed to that, which was yours in your ignorance. But like the holy one who called you, be holy yourself also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. So so because the Holy One has called me into fellowship and relationship with him and he has given place his spirit inside me, then my character and everything that flows out of me should be consistent with who he is. So how I treat people, no matter if they treat me right or treat me wrong, it does not give me permission to to respond in the flesh because even when I was an enemy with God, he still extended his love and grace towards me. I I, I have to, because love, this agape love, this love that that you long for, that your soul is crying out for, you are recipients of a love, that's consistent in his character. And so in that, when we want to see this. We want to see our marriages healed. We want to see our children be secure. We have to ask ourselves, are we loving in a way that reflects the character of Christ? Paul says this kind of love does not act unbecomingly. Which brings us to our next point. That this kind of love, this agape love. It does not seek its own. And it's not easily provoked. Does not seek its own. There's a, there's a quote by a guy by Joshua Harris that it says this. He says that first we must understand that all of the world's deceptions fro- flow from the belief. That love is primarily for the fulfillment and comfort of the self. See, that's that worldly love. When it's all based on what this love is based on, but upon what you can do for me. He says the world poisons love by focusing first and foremost on meeting one's own needs. But that kind of love is not consistent with kingdom love. It is not consistent with the, the love that God has for us and the love that all of our relationships should be bathed in. As we look at Christ's example, Christ taught that love is not for the fulfillment of self, but for the glory of God, one, and the food of others. True love is selfless. It gives. It's sacrifices. And it dies to its own needs. See, this agape love does not seek its own. See, this agape love, it's unselfish. Matter of fact, biblical love does not insist upon their own way or their own rights. So, so, so let's, let's look at that. Let's look at it from a practical standpoint. In your relationship, be it mom and dad, be it spouse, be it brother, whatever, especially in times of interesting conversations, do you always have to be right? Just think about it. Just ponder. How do I, you know, like, do you have to have the last word? Before you even get into the conversation, have you already, do you have your opening statement? Do do, do you have your, 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 your stories and your things that's going to line up? So that you can come with your closing arguments and you already have your defense because you've already played out in your mind because you know that person, you know they're going to say this, they're going to say that and when they come with this, I'm going to come back with that. See, see, this love, this kind of love gives up its right to be right. See, it's, see, see, what was the most important thing Christ wasn't worried about who was right. Christ was worried about he wanted us to be healed and he wanted us to be whole. And he knew that in order for that to happen, somebody had to die. So I can't say I love Leonard. And I'm painting because I know me and well, would say, man, you know, you can't be. But no, I can't say I love him with a godly kind of love if I'm not willing to die to myself. Oh, we. He loves me. And he, you know, he listens to me. Yeah, but is he willing to lay down his life for you? Is, is, he, is he willing to win when you're in one of your moods? Because we all have moods. Or, or, or when that thing, the very thing that got him. When it changes. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, is is that love, because that agape love will keep a man and keep him faithful and keep him stable and believe God and won't be looking somewhere else. That kind of love, this kind of love does not seek its own. Are y'all with me here this morning? Right? And 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 this is the other thing on part of the second part of that. So this kind of love does not seek its own. And whoo let me tell y'all this for me, this 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 love kind of love is not easily provoked. What that means that means. that I'm not easily offended or moved by the imperfections of people I remember one time woo, I remember one time Andrew and I was in this season where you know we was having some challenges like yesterday now was like <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, that. No, I was just there. <laughs> so, you know what we do is normally when we have some, we want somebody to be on our side. So, we go to friends that's not going to challenge us, but we go to friends that's going to amen us. And they ain't got nobody. They- But they're going to try to tell you, but they, amen. All right. (laughs) Right? So I go to, I go, so this time I didn't go to that person because, you know, a lot of times you go to that person and they may make you feel good for the moment, but their wisdom and advice is going to lead you to destruction. Because the Bible says there is a way which seems right to man, but the end is destruction, right? So I go to this other person. And I go to them and I'm just, I mean, I ain't telling her, I ain't telling nothing good. I'm just in this, 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 this. I'm just trying to make myself feel good. He said, huh. Okay. He said, man, you have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ lives in me. He said, Eric. Looks like there's still some areas that needs to die because dead people don't have feelings. Scripture says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives within me. So that means the same person that 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 knew how to have control his emotions. That's not easily offended. That same person lives inside of me and until self gets out of the way. So Lord, help me not to be easily offended. Lord, help me that when my children go through seasons of life and they make mistakes, help me not to respond out of my emotions but help me to respond the same way that you respond towards me when I go through my seasons of up and down, how you remain consistent and faithful and you're not emotionally going all, throwing me all over the place. God, help me to be consistent and the reason why you're consistent is because you operate in agape love. Say the wrong thing. Boom, we blow up. I I, I need this agape love. I'm looking at this and I'm like, Lord, help me because I can be easily provoked. Easily provoked. I'll say I love you. But when you do something. Even in communicating my disappointment, it is bathed through my own insecurities and fears and worries It's never bathed in agape love. Because this love, this kind of love that your soul, that our soul longs for. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own and it's not easily provoked. Because this agape love. Hear it, hear it. This agape love is, is an unconditional commitment. To an imperfect person. How is it? God, we can get this when it comes to our children. But when it comes to you and I, we expect others to be perfect. And then when we see their imperfection, we run. Because really, a a relationship is an opportunity to grow and to develop and to encourage each other to pursue the purposes that God has. And guess what? In this pursuit of it, we have the honor. We have the honor to see and carry someone's imperfection. when I said I do I didn't just say I do to all of Andrea's strengths but I also said I do to those areas that are still being transformed into the image of Christ see when we have that then that's why people run and perform because if I got to perform then I can put on a mask but real community says, I love you, and when I see you, and, and when, you, when I see that imperfection, in love, I'm going to speak the truth to you. But it's not going to change the way I feel about you. See, that's agape love. Why? Because the last point is this. This agape love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Now, now it's as if Paul is saying and not saying the question is not, are you going to uh, uh, come against some wrongs? Because you're going to come against some wrongs. The question is, do you keep an account? Do, do, do you keep an account? You you know, when you say this. You always do this. (laughs) Always. You never. We throw out these words and this is the interesting thing. We don't know scripture, but we can throw out every example when that person has done something wrong. We knew the time. We know the date. We know the atmosphere. We know what they were wearing. We know all for things that is saturated into the wrong that happened. But Paul is telling the church, if you're going to operate in agape love, you can't keep an account. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. If you're going to be in life, if you're going to do relationships, there are going to be wrongs. Some you're going to cause... And some that are going to come to you. But the question is, can we be like Jesus? Who does not keep an account of the wrong he has suffered. Think, think about this. There, there, was a, there was a woman. Have you, have you ever just heard about the woman who was caught in adultery? Woman who's was caught in adultery, I believe it's in uh, John, John 8. John 8, and so these people bring this woman to Jesus and says, this woman was called an adulterer and according to the Old Testament law, this person should be stoned to death. I mean, I've always wondered why is it just her being stoned? I mean, what a dude that was doing it with him, but, but, but let's keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> so, so here in this situation, they're expecting for Jesus to condemn this person jesus starts writing in the stand saying like if i if if i have this kind of mind when i see him face i want to know like jesus what was you writing i want to know was you writing like hey amen remember when you boom 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 you thought no one saw this but you know like what is it that they read that made them all drop their stones it's just an interesting thing for me to try to comprehend and understand but then afterwards he says he says that, and they all drop their stones and they walk away. And then he says this to her He says, Hey, woman, where are your accusers? She looks up, no one's gone. Where are the people who can condemn you? So they're gone. He says, So he says, Listen, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now, here's the interesting piece. He was going to have to pay. The penalty for her adultery. He's telling her to go. All the while knowing he's going to be wounded. He's going to be bruised. He's going to be beaten for her sin. And yet in the midst of it, he tells her to go and sin no more. As if I'm not even going to remember this. That's why it's so good that the Bible tells us that when we, that God is so good that he throws our sins into a sea of forgetfulness. But when it comes to us, loving someone else, because if we're in relationship, we're going to see people's imperfections. Listen, if you're single, let me tell you this. Whatever this world is telling you what love is like, it is a lie from the pit of hell. (laughs) I love being married. When I want to be single, I'm praying for you. But when I tell you that it comes with the blessings of the ups and the blessings of the challenges... It is all wrapped up in God's blessings to conform and transform us into the image of his son. But if you think that that person that you're going to get with and be with is perfect, you're setting yourself up for failure. That's why you need to get counseling. That's why you need to build it according to God's way, because you don't know what you don't know. I'm here to tell you, you don't know what you don't know. And if that love is based on a physical activity. Can we go that? Can we go? Can we go? If that love is based on a physical activity. Gosh, Holy Spirit, I hope. We're okay. Y'all got me. Okay. If this love is based on a physical activity. In a relationship, there are seasons and there are seasons in the physical activity. And if it's not based on a genuine agape love and it's based on physical performance. When you're going through what you're going through or maybe you ain't able to perform like you thought you can perform. that person will look and will look somewhere else because it's not built on a proper foundation. Agape love does not keep account of a wrong suffered, but it's built on a self-sacrifice, a a selfless. And so we got to ask ourselves here today, is this love that we're building, is it a worldly love or is it a God-fearing love? Is it a kind of love that can say, I'm going to make an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person? When you line up and you, and, you, and you join a church, what you saying? You're saying, man, I feel like this is what God has called me to do, called me to be. And I'm committing to love imperfect people. When I'm in a relationship and we're going to say, what's your name, bro? Sean. What's up, Sean? How you doing? You're doing good? You doing all right? Sean. If I'm saying, man, I want to connect with Sean and we're going to be brothers. Then I'm saying, man, I'm going to love you. No matter what, I'm going to forgive you. You can't have relationship without forgiveness. Can't have love without. You can't have love without forgiveness. You can't have relationship without forgiveness. You're going to have times where you're going to need forgiveness. And there's going to be time where you're going to have to extend forgiveness. Now. It doesn't mean. If you cross me the wrong way and you keep doing it, doesn't mean I don't have the grace to be able to release myself from the relationship because you're not stewarding me properly. But I am being commanded by God to forgive. See, forgiveness is not based on emotion or how I feel. Forgiveness is a commandment. See, there's things still in holding patterns. Why? Because we're still holding on to unforgiveness. He says, this agape love doesn't keep account of a wrong sufferer. Who you got, who you got holding on? Who you got an account over? Because see, that word account, that, that word in there, I want to give you this definition. It means to keep a mental record of events for the sake of some future action. So it's like we, we have that moment where he's like, okay. Like I remember, I remember when things would happen. Can I be honest and vulnerable? I remember when things would happen, I would keep it and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to remember this. And, and then this is what I, I want to address it right then, but I'll keep it in my pocket. So then when, I, when the issue comes up, I can throw all these things out that happened six months ago. Look straight ahead, y'all. Don't look to. (laughs) I see eyeballs like this. (laughs) Don't don't look straight ahead. It doesn't keep an account of wrong suffering. Why am I saying this? Because we all are yearning for this God-centered, agape love. But in order to do that, we got to receive this kind of love and we got to walk in it. We can't keep an account and we can't get payback. Like one of my things with, if you wrong me, I'm going to one of my weapons of the flesh. Is I get silent. I get silent. I can come in the room. Stand right next to you. And not say a mumbling word. (laughs) Why? Because I want to get payback. And I'm using it to get up under your skin. That's not love. It's not love. And we all have our weapons of mass destruction. we all do we'll ignore we'll manipulate we'll try to control the situation or control the narrative we'll flip it because maybe one person is a better debater than the other all the while saying I love you And we're wondering why our marriages are staying in the same place. We're looking up and we've been year after year and it's not going anywhere. Why? Because at the core of it, it's not built on an agape love. It's built on a love of what you can do for me. Y'all love me? God wants us to change this world upside down. He wants you to leave a legacy that lives beyond you. He wants you to know for you to walk in security and all those different things. But that only comes by you first receiving because all of these things speaks to who Christ is. Christ loves us in such a way that his character is consistent. He loves us in such a way that he does not seek his own. Oh, he's not easily provoked. I mean, yes, he had a moment in the garden. He said, like, look, dad, if there's any way that I can go to the cross without going this way, if there's any way, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He's selfless because that's how much he loves you. And then the last thing, he doesn't keep an account of a wrong suffering. You think God's mad at you. He's not mad at you. He wants to pour his love out on you because it is his love that Romans tells us that leads us to repentance. It's the love of God. You're getting a picture, a revelation of how much Christ loves you, how much the Heavenly Father loves you that he sent his son. It's in that revelation of that that causes you to repent, to change your mind, to give yourself fully to him. And it's as we chew on that And as we live out of that, that gives us the power to love others, to love imperfect people. See, my family needs agape. My community needs agape. Everywhere I go, God is placing me there because in that environment, He wants me to bring his agape love. This is what we should pursue. This is what we should run after. This is what we should bring our our own things that we know. Like we're laughing and joking, but the seriousness of it, like these little things, if we keep operating them, will break down intimacy. We'll break down community. These things, my silence will destroy the intimacy between me and my wife. And guess what? I got three little boys. Well, they're not little anymore, but they, I got three boys that are watching. And I'm teaching them how to respond in conflict. So, in that, I'm crying out to God, God, change me. Because I don't want them to carry this into their relationships. Help me to, to receive the love, this agape love, so I can give it out. Can we pray? so I want, um, so close our eyes. The worship team is going to, they're going to sing a song, but this is what I, even with everyone eyes closed, if, 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 if you can bear witness, like man, there's some, this agape love, like not keeping an account is not easily provoked, does not act out of character. If you can say, you know what? I, I, I see areas that I really need to grow and develop in. If, they, if, if you could say that, can I just see you raise your hand? Just even with all eyes closed and all that. Okay. All right, thank you. Even on Facebook, just, just hit us up with the hands up. Just, just. But now this is the thing. While they sing, I want you to ask God, ask God to give you the revelation and understanding of how much he loves you and how he's not, he doesn't keep an account of wrong suffered. How he doesn't seek after his own, he's not easily provoked. How his love for you is so consistent and he never acts out of character. And as you receive that, ask the Lord as I'm freely receiving that this morning God give me the grace because you can't do it in your own strength and ability this is, this is supernatural it's going to take a supernatural work of God not to respond in the flesh when you're wronged, but with God all things are impossible So just, I want you just to ask, just to, out of your own mind, just having this time with the Lord as the worship team sings over us. Let's worship. Thank you for tuning in to Summit Worship Center, pastored by Eric and Andrea Moore. For more information, please visit www.summitworshipcenter.org.